0: Today is Shlishi Kitov. And um, the day of uh, when holding the month of Tamuz, want well, to give a shout out to Yisrael Yudkowski and Jay Foundations for giving us the opportunity to, to spread Torah and to spread the, the history of the Torah throughout the throughout the world. And um I just I mentioned to Yisrael like you know last week that I know some people listened to the podcast, and, um, and people call me and people express or they write me that they, they've gotten some great things out of it. So even if just one person listens to it is great, the more the merrier, as the world says, and we hope and we daven that our words should have a positive effect and give um, lessons for life. So in this, we're continuing the, the lives of, of our leaders, and I thought it'd be very, very appropriate today to speak about the Rosh Hashiva from Neri Yisrael, Reb Ruderman, Zei Reb Yaakov Yitzchok Alevi Ruderman, the famous Rosh Hashiva from the yeshiva, which I grew up in as a yeshiva brat. And the reason why I felt it was appropriate, because tonight is the yard site of the Rosh Hashiva, it was Nifter in 1986. And... This is, uh, when you think about that, it really sounds like a long, long time ago, over 35 some odd years. But uh, to the, those who knew him, and especially Talmidim of his, and um, admirers of his, then he, he's still alive and well in their hearts and in their minds. And even in the city of Yerushalayim, we have pictures of the Rishishiva Zatzal, who played an integral part in, uh, in my own personal development and development of so many others. So for me to really uh, properly speak about the reshiva, I really just want to put into context, and you know, I'll try to bring a little bit of current events in, into here so everyone can get a little bit excited. You know, we're about to have a visit of a president of the United States of America coming to visit Yerushalayim and Israel, President Joe Biden. And there are people that are pro-Biden, people that are anti-Biden, but he's still the president of the United States of America, you know. It still carries a lot of weight, and whenever president comes, it's like a, you know, there's a chassivus, there's a certain decorum, there's a certain pomp and ceremony that comes about. You know, there's a meeting of the guard, and the red carpet, and everything else. But if you really analyze the, you know, the the, the level of of what honor of a president is, which and honor of of a of a, a human king, it pales in comparison to the real honor we was supposed to give to the Melech Malchim Lochim Hakadosh Baruch Even though the Gemara says that your person should run after to see the president, see a king, a non-Jewish king, it's a mitzvah to go see a non-Jewish king in order to differentiate between the covid that's going to be given to Melech Hamashiach and to a physical king. And there's questions about if a president has a din of a king or not. The main thing I want to bring out is that you know kings represent honor. And presidents are also supposed to, you know, also supposed to represent it. But if we take a look at the, the private lives of so many presidents, the private lives of so many kings, and uh, we analyze them, we see that really it's, uh, it's hocus-pocus. <laughs> we analyze the great lives of our leaders, of our reshivas, of our rebbes, of our tzaddikim, and we see how exemplary their lives were. And they give true, covet to the Adam, They show us what the covet of the Adam is. And I think if there's anyone in, in my mind who depicted the, the role of the covet of a Rosh Hashiva, okay, for sure there were many, many Rosh Hashivas and many great people that I got to meet over the years and all of them I speak about uh, with great awe and great respect. But I think the first one that I had a chance to meet was the Rosh Hashiva, who we've been called the Rosh Hashiva, the Rosh Hashiva of Neri Yisrael of Rudim and Zazel. He was not only the yeshiva of the yeshiva, which my father, Oliver Shalom, was a rebbe in, but he was my father's rebbe. And even though I formally was not really a Talmud in the yeshiva, except for a short time, because I was sent away at a long, young age to learn in New York, and then I went there at Shishol, but I did I did, still consider myself a Talmud, first of all, he was my, my, my father's rebbe. So there were many lessons that I got from my father that came out about from the yeshiva. And more importantly, I was Mishamashim. I was Mishamashim <laughs> as a young boy. When I say Mishamashim, I learned lessons from him. And then I was later on in life, had the chus to be able to speak with him and to get guidance from him. So he's also considered my Rebbe. But first and foremost, he represented what Kovat Hatayrah is. And when we say Kovat Hatayrah, it's the covet of what he understood, and what he learned from his Rebbe, the altar from Slabatka. So when we speak about Rashivar Rudiman, it's impossible not to speak about the altar and to speak about his relationship with the altar. And uh, what did the what did the altar teach the world? What did the altar of Slabodka teach the world? He wrote, "Godless Adam, the greatness of man, that man has to aspire to become an Evid Hashem because man is great. It was different than navardic navardic was a person has to aspire to become an Evan Hashem because how low man is because man is." It's called Nidrik. But in, in Slabotka, everything was about Godless Adam. Famous mice that I heard from the Reshiva of Ruderman, which depicts this maizah, is the, the Reshiva when he was a young boy. He was very considered a child prodigy. He was considered an Eloi Otsum. And he uh, came from the town of Dolonover. It's called the Dolonover Eloi. He came to the yeshiva, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken to find out for sure. Around his Bar Mitzvah time, I'm not sure it was before his Bar Mitzvah, after his Bar Mitzvah, he was one of the youngest Talmidim in the yeshiva. He was a great Eloi. And already at that point, he knew mass, massive amount of Shas and, and Torah, but he continued to grow in greatness of his, really plumb the depths of the, of the Gemara, and he used to chazar. I heard just recently from my friend Rib Shragi Nubiger that the amount of of, of, of that he made on a on a on a on a mesechda was hundreds of times. It wasn't twice or four, three or four times or five times or ten times. Not a hundred, hundreds of times he would chazash. And he had a whole system, how he was able to chas the but I want to bring out this point. The altar played a, a tremendous role in his life. And one of the mazes that he said over that I heard from my father and I heard from the Reshiva himself also, shame the rishiva, that when he came to Yeshiva, he was a young boy, and Slobodka was not like, uh, you know, Yeshivas today. Yeshivas today, you have, you know, you have modern facilities and you have uh, beautiful uh, grounds and you have kitchens and dining rooms and everything else. There it was very, very... A steer. Slabotke tried to carry with it, it had a, the, the tzur of the yeshiva, but in those days they didn't have bathroom facilities in the yeshiva. He had to go out into the fields. And the yeshiva said over that he, as a young boy, to go out into the fields at night, <laughs> he was a pachtan. He was a person he was afraid. There was, there were dogs out there, there were there may be wild animals. And one night he said it was Mamish, he had to go to the he had to, he had to go to the bathroom. But he was afraid to go, and he was standing by the door of the, of the dormitory. The next thing he hears, he hears the, the altar from the Sabbat saying to him, mein kin, me." The, the altar knew that his Talmud, Rav was, 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 was a, a pachtan type of personality. So he stayed near the <clears throat> dormitory, and he said, Come with me, I'm going to walk with you. And he walked with him, and as they were walking, there were maybe dogs barking, and the altar said to him, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then they went to the place where they used to, you know, the Ashiyatzar, and the Rashiva went wherever he went to. And the altar the entire time, as the was relieving himself, the altar was talking to my kin, my kin, My child, my child. I'm here. I'm here, in order to 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 calm him down. He shouldn't be afraid. And then after he finished. He walked out and he went back with the altar. And the Rishi used to say it over with such an a, a, a awe of the altar's dedication to this Talmud. The altar wasn't just a Rebbe, he was a father to the Talmudim, And this was the message that the Rashishiva used to give over his relationship with all those Talmudim. Relationship with the my father, relationship with the many, many Talmudim, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Talmudim that went to a near Yisroel that he was the, not only the great reshiva in the learning, but he was the great reshiva in, um, in, in, in Midas and in Hanhago, and really being a father. And I think that's a great lesson. When we speak about our leaders, when we speak about the awesome relationship that they give over and the relationship they have with their chanichim, with their, with their, as they say, with their talmidim. You have to realize when reshiva Re- Rudiman came to America, to the shores of America, in the 30s, America did not look like it looked like today. Today, uh, you know, we have beautiful campuses. I saw some, you know, beautiful dining rooms, a beautiful batimidrashim in those days. Who knew what Torah was? Who appreciated what Torah was? America was a midbar. It was a desert, desolate from Torah. And the Rashiva came, and he created one of the first yeshivas, especially one of the first yeshivas outside of the New York area, and he created it in the city of Baltimore. There's a history about the Yeshiva's father, Rabbi Sheftel Kramer, who started out in New Haven and then went to Cleveland, and the Yeshiva was brought to Cleveland. But in the end of the day, the place that Rudiman created his, his legacy was the city of Baltimore. And in those days, there was no Torah in Baltimore. And all of a sudden, the Yid comes along, and he wants to build the Yeshiva. Not only did he build the Yeshiva, he had to be the Rav. That's what he did. Yeah, in order to have Parnassah, so he, had, he was the Rav of the Shul. He passed in Shilas, but he had the right to build the yeshiva. And he started building the yeshiva in the mid-1930s. And uh, my father came already in the second year, or maybe the third year of the yeshiva. Very, very few Talmidim that were there. One of the classmates of my father in the yeshiva at that point was Yibadul Chaim Tov Maruchim, Grey, the great yeshiva in America, Rup Shmuel Kamenetsky. Shliṭa should be my father was a Havrus of his, he was the son of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, and Rabbi Yaakov felt fit that he should send his son, he said, I think he said more than one son, Rabbi Benyamin, Zetzal also had, because Rabbi Yaakov held that from all of the Talmidim of the altar, the Rishishiva, Hashiva, had 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 really taken all of the lessons of the altar and knew how to give them over to this Talmidim, and he held that that was what he wanted, his own His own children to get. So the yeshiva then was, you know, a place that was like an oasis, but not only did it create a yeshiva, let's think about the environment that was going on in those, take a look at the environment of America today, you have to take a look, so today we have communities, you have Lakewood, and you have Bar Park, and you have Flatbush, and you have Williamsburg, and you have Los Angeles, and you have Chicago, and all the other places in the city of Baltimore. But the city of Baltimore at that time not the city that it is today. Today it's, it's, you know, it's filled with Bata Midrashim, people who go to work, people that learn, there's shiurim, there's gedolim, great Talmud of that lived there, but in those days the Rashiva had to convince people that this was a worthwhile venture. He had to raise the money, he had, to, he had to build build a campus together with his, later on, his brother-in-law Rabbi Naftali Nuberger. they were able to build a one of the first campuses in the, in, in the United States of America, a beautiful campus, that took a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears and uh, trials and tribulations. It was during the war years. And the, the, when, the, when the Holocaust was going on, the Reshiva was building the foundations of Torah in America. And uh, my late father was one of those Talmudim that learned in the war years and eventually became a, a musmuch and became a rebbe in the yeshiva. But at that point, it was a phenomena, a new phenomena in the shores of America, to build Torah in America. And many, many people came from New York and Chicago and Cleveland. They came because they were drawn in by the, by the, the, the message that the Torah was given to, from the Rish Yeshiva. What are some of the lessons of the Rish Yeshiva? Some of the lessons of the Rashiva are number one, Godless Adam. He depicted that in just his whole being. When you saw the Rashiva, you saw what greatness and man is. But Godless Adam only can come about, number one, Godless in Torah. And in order to do that, a person has to accomplish in Torah, a person has to learn in Torah, and a person has to become an accomplished Talmud Chacham. And the Rashiva created that dy- dynamics within his Talmudim to be able to become Bekeem, to be able to learn and to finish us and to him and become Rabbanim. And the second thing was the, the Tikkun Hamidus, he always expressed that, without the Tikkun Hamidus, a person isn't another mashalim. I just thought of art today, that we say in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, who is a great, strong person the problem, that is able to overcome his Yetzir? So the question is, they should have said, that Azel great, is person, a it the why not Bukhavish Yetzirah? The answer is that Yetzirah shows us that each person has his individual Yetzirah. Each person is different. Each person has his personality and then his personality has within it their inclination and each person has Bukhavish his Yitzhar. And are, Some people are Balikas and some people are Balitayva, some people are Balikavid. And the reshiva had the greatness of of the lessons that he inculcated from the altar that he was able to give over to how important Musr is, how important Yer is, and how important Midas is. The Yeshiva had a great relationship with his Rebetzin, the Rebetzin ruderman, who herself was a character. She was, when I say a character, she was very, very smart, very, very bright. And the famous Maizah, everyone knows over, I say it over in the book, that once there was a great gadol that came he was very, very maqbut and kashrus, So he ca- came to the house for Shabbos and uh, to Baltimore. And the yeshiva revered him and uh, had him give a shir in the yeshiva. And this person, he didn't trust anyone's shchita. In the place where he was the rav, he was very, very maqbut on the shchita. So he used to bring his own chickens with him. So what happened was, came to the meal after the you know Leel, Shabbos, davening. they came home and there were guests and everyone sitting down they make Kiddush, and then the the rabbitson served the the and served the other guests and then she didn't he didn't serve she didn't serve him so he was like a little bit i guest. he says you know I have the meat in the in in the, in the refrigerator so she says in yiddish she said it "Vas." Do this up trafen my tellers? What you want to, you want to make trafe my, my dishes. It means I don't trust your, you don't trust my kashras, I don't trust your kashras. And it was a big laugh that, that took place. That's how smart the Robinson was. She knew how to, but then she came out and she brought his chickens and she put it out for him, but she wanted to prove a point that uh, in, in, where she came from, the concept was, is that there's a, a concept when you go to someone's house, you trust their kashras. Okay, I don't know if from that time in onwards, maybe this this great Godel. I don't want to say his name because such a great Godel. Uh, he deserves to have the respect because he was such a great Godel. But those people that know how great a Godl he was understand that he, he definitely had a kejman even with that. So we also have to understand that he had a jajman. The the um the Kesher that the Rashiva had with the Talmudim, that's really something great. And um he was. I want to speak about this point. I think it's important when we analyze the history of the, of Nair and the Rashiva. Rashiva was innovative. He was a baal mechadish, baal mechadish in his learning, baal mechadish in his chedushim, and um, he was a baal mechadish in chinuch. So in those days in America, there was the debate of getting a secular education, and many many people, um, their parents wanted them to go to college. And this was a big debate. Later on, Reb Aaron Cutler Zetzal came along and Reb Aaron was the one that made the decision that, no, we're only going to allow people to sit. The purpose of Torah is to learn Torah and no, no uh, diluting of the Torah of secular studies. But the Rosh Hashiva Zetzal, he paskined and he asked the Shilas about it. And he felt that for the American Talmudan, they had to have the opportunity also to be able to go to college and to get a degree. And the truth is, there was a little bit of, of pushback from, from certain sectors and from certain gadaim in America, but the Rashivas at held very, very strongly. This was, was needed. That was a chiddish. And we have to differentiate between the, what the reshiva felt was that even though you have the ability to have secular studies, but it's not part and parcel of the yeshiva, you go out to college in order to do it, the yeshiva itself is a holy sanctuary. The Yeshiva is is only for the kedusha of the Torah itself, and that can't be diluted. But you have to go get a secular education, you have to get it. And there were certain requirements. You couldn't just go to any university, you had to go to a specific university. And, And there were only certain courses you could take. And Later on as the development of Neri Yisrael, till until today, where they allow college. They've always taken this track that they always, uh, you know, a person comes along, they have to know exactly how many um, courses they're going to take per year, because they have to be able to keep the Sidrei HaYeshiva. So these are things which were chidushim that the Yeshiva brought to the shores of America. And the truth is, if we take a look at it in hindsight, we see what was created through... The talmidim of Ner Yisrael, especially in the city of Baltimore today, which is a bastion of of Torah, together with the ability for a person to get a parnasa, and so many talmidim from the yeshiva eventually set up their homes in the in, in Baltimore, and they became lawyers and doctors, and 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 they worked for the government and everything else, but they did it with a with a um, a covet of the Torah. And the Torah was the most important thing. It was literally what's called, you know, that the Torah is Keva and the Malachta is Roy And I think this was a major lesson that the rishiva Zetzal brought into the Yeshiva. And the Reshiva himself held that certain Talmidim, they shouldn't go to college. Certain Talmidim should just sit and learn because they can become the Shevet Levi. And the rishiva created the, the Keilu, which is called today Kedusha Slevi, which is geared for Talmidim who do not go to university, they just sit and learn, they become great Talmid HaChachamim, and eventually some of them might become great Rabbanim, and great Rish Yeshivas, and great Askanim. So this was an interesting insight into Ner Yisrael and the Yeshiva Zetzal, in how he developed the landscape of America. And um, the Yeshiva was not only involved in the Yeshiva, not only involved in the, in the Shtat, but he was involved, as all G'don are in all areas of uh, Jewish life. And many, they came to him. He was the head of, uh, at one point, as was the head of Terima Surah and all the Terima Surah Shilas came to him. He was also involved, I just mentioned, that um, in, 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 le- in Torah leadership, in teaching, um, Talmidim had to become Rabbanim. They had classes, there were courses that were given in the yeshiva in public speaking. In, in how to become a pulpit rabbi. Uh, later on, there were, we just mentioned that the person passed away, Rabbi name of zechron Stolper, one of the primary talmidim of Rav Hutner who was also a colleague and learned together with the reshiva in, by the altar. And Rav Stolper was the, the head of NCSY, which became a national movement for Kiruv. And at the time, it was considered also an innovative, innovative uh, organization because it allowed to be able to have programs for both boys and for girls, and um, and the yeshiva used to send Talbidim from Negev Israel to be counselors, and eventually later on the yeshiva till today there's a there's an NCSY sports camp which takes place in Negev Israel, and uh, the sports camps mean that. The Always come from public schools, and they come for a, a few week program, and they're in a yeshiva environment where they can learn, and they can get inculcated by a Torah environment and at the same time. Have ball, I do have to say that in you Yisrael, where I grew up, uh, there were base there were baseball fields, and there were basketball courts. The yeshiva felt felt that a person has to get exercise, and uh, I know that my late father, Oliver Solomon, who was athletic, and the yeshiva felt that he had to use is um, exercise and and he 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 had the balance to be able to see everything that was going on. How do you create the totality of a Talmud Chacham? And uh, in this respect, you know, Neir Yisrael and the Rashivas Zatzal's vision has really played out as we see how many. close to ninety years ago that the Reshiva created the, the Yeshivas Ner Yisrael in Baltimore. And we see the outcome of what the yeshiva uh, environment. Some great stories that uh, depict how great the yeshiva was, was a story which I mentioned in the past, but we'd like to mention in the context of of and Zetzal, that in 1930, 1938, the and Wasserman came to America in order to raise money for Branovich. This was pre-the Holocaust, and at that time, the Nazis were just getting into power but they hadn't yet put their murderous ways out completely into the world, especially in Germany and in Europe. And no one really knew exactly what was going on. People were worried. But the main thing is the, the River Hashanah came and he came to Baltimore and the Rosh helped him to raise money. And it was a very, very difficult task. We just had the campaign for Ateras Yaakov and we know that, you know, we were baruch Hashem to get to our goal. But we know... To, you know the method that today today we can make a campaign online and it's very very helpful in those days you had to go knock on people's doors and if you came out with five dollars and ten dollars that was considered that was considered a a a, a, nadava. If a person came with a hundred dollars that was considered like a gold mine and the Rashi and the river and the river had a lot of Tsars created getting the money the rashiva tried to help him, but they said the only thing it could give him as a as a Somehow, as a, in order to get him to give a good feeling, was to give shirah the yeshiva. And Hanan gave a, a shir in the yeshiva. My father heard it. And I don't want to go through the whole story, which I've mentioned in the past. The main thing is that my father was able to repeat the, the shir to Rebbe Hanan. And Rebbe Hanan came back to Rebbe and said to him, you have nothing to be ashamed of with what you're doing in America. You're creating the same level of Torah as all of the yeshivas in Lita. And that was a great, great accolade, the yeshiva. I was very, very proud of it. And it meant a lot because Lita was steeped with Torah and the environment of Torah and the shtetlach over here in the, the foreign waters, the foreign land of the United States of America where, you know, running after money and running after, you know, physical desires, you know, the land of, of the free and the brave. And, um, you know, the, the, everyone should get whatever they want now people should have to dedicate their lives to Turin to be able to get, to create great Talmid HaChemim. This was Mamesh, a um gewald, a gewaldike accolade. Gewald, 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 gewald. And that lesson of the yeshivas, being able to create at the, the Lithuanian yeshivas, that in itself was an unbelievable, unbelievable Milo. And I think not only that, from my own personal observation, I said over as a young boy, I didn't think, I didn't really grow up in Baltimore. I grew up in Slabotka. It was an American Slabotka, but it was Slabotka. Yeah, what does that mean, Slabotka? The tenants were really all, we we saw the yeshiva. We saw the way he walked to the yeshiva. We saw the way he carried himself. We saw the way he davened. We saw the way he learned. We saw the lessons that he gave. We saw the shmuzan that he gave and the crying, the tears that he gave. And we saw the Talmidim that he produced. That was Slabodka, and I used to say over when I would go to the house so as a young boy, and the Rebbezson would give me. Uh, in those days, we used to call them. She used to call them Smoky Bear. The it, Smoky Bear cookies. Those were the Oreos with the with the with the, um, with the you know the white in the between and the and the black on the top and on the bottom. We used to call them Smoky Bear cookies. We called them, but I said we didn't get those cookies. We got. Slabotka cookies. There were Slabotka cookies from Slabotka. Because you knew you had to make a bracha. You knew that there was something elevated in what you were doing. And um, I always say over the humorous story, which I like to say over, it's in the book, but it's worthwhile to mention that my first observation of the reshiva's greatness was when I was playing ball with my friend Yanki Nubiger Shabit Gzut We were playing step ball in front of the steps of the Rishiva's house. And that was a great he had great steps because if you hit the the spalding ball on the corner of the of the steps, you could go far, you could get a, a single, a double, a triple, a home run. But sometimes if you didn't hit it properly, it would bounce back against the screen door. And the screen door it was a metal screen door, and it used to make like a, a womp, womp, made a big loud noise. And we didn't realize we we're playing on a hot summer day in nice muggy Baltimore. We're having a great time. We're young young kids you know, nine, ten years old, playing and enjoying ourselves. We didn't realize we were making a racket. And the reshiva, at that time, was preparing shir klali, which was the most important shir of the week. And the next thing we know is the door opens, and we see this vision of the reshiva looking at us. And all of a sudden, we were talking about making a lot of noise. And we were disturbing the rishiva. And what does the rishiva do? He turns to us and he says to us in Yiddish, I'll say it in English. She says, What do you like? What do you like? That was an f- interesting question to ask. You know, we thought for sure he's going to say, You know, either, could you please move away? Could you not play here? You're disturbing me. Or he could have said, Your mom is disturbing you. <laughs> she, she didn't say it. She took a look at two young boys and he says, What do you like? So on a hot summer day, what do we say? We like ice cream. She so says, oh, Likes ice cream. So he took it out of his pocket. bill. And he gave us $5. He says, gay cave ice cream. Go buy ice cream. Asach ice cream. Go buy a lot of ice cream. We went to the local store and we bought ourselves two half gallons of ice cream. And we sat on the front porch of the Rosh And we were able to enjoy ourselves on a hot summer day. But the lesson was even greater than the ice cream. The lesson of the ice cream was that the Rosh took a look at the complete picture What's the best way to be mechanach these children? Is it in order to, to give them musr, that what they're doing is wrong, it's disturbing, or the young boys have to play ball? But I want them to have an, a, a healthy appreciation for what Torah is. And the way to do it is to give them an enjoyable, enjoyable $5 that they can buy ice cream and have a great time. And they'll contemplate. And that's, I think, was a lesson that went into me, and I've used it in my own life, with my own Talmudin, my own children, is to take a look at the entire picture. Take a look at what we're trying to produce. The Rishishiva, Rav at Zetzal, on his yard site, we, we want to really uh, ask that he should be a Meiletz for the Klal Yisrael. I want to mention that there are a few people that need Rafuas, and this shmuz should be, the, not only even the shmuzah, the Rishiva, now we're entering into the into the day of the yard site, he should be a good to better for Rav Mordechai ben Alter, Rav Mordechai ben Sheindel, that should have a before Shlema. for Rav Moshe ben Deverish, have for Chaim Gavril, Chaim Gavril ben, ben uh, Estachaya should have a and there should be Yeshua's, and and there should be a lot of Sayat HaDashmaya, for Binyamin Zev and Daniel Ezra Ben Ahuva, that they should have all the yeshivas that they need in the s'chus of the Rosh Hashiva and the relationship the Rosh Hashiva had with their families. And we hope we pray that as we um, as we uh, get closer to the to the Shiva of I remember distinctly, you know. Uh, the Levaya of the Reshiva, I remember the Levaya of I was not in Baltimore, I was in New York, and I was able to get on a hookup, a phone hookup to listen to the Espadim, and um, it reminded me of my relationship with the Reshiva, which spanned so many years, from the time I was a young boy, until I got older, and I was able to, to, to speak to him in learning, and then I was able to be Misham Hashem when he came there and so on to drive him to the Kasiya and to be able to get a deeper insight to his godless, and everything that my father, also used to speak about him in his Godless interior. So the great lesson of the Reshiva is Godless HaOdam, Godless Entire, Godless Amidus, and to care about where Kla Yisrael is going on all levels, on all levels of life, be it in America, be it in Eretz Yisrael. He always believed in Kla Yisrael, Mir Tzah Hashem, Klai Yisrael should have an Aliyah, wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.